0: Block Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio. Good evening,
1: and thank you for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. I run a thriving private practice outside of Chicago in Naplesville, Illinois, and I do anything from individual therapy to life coaching and business management.
0: Darren? Yeah, my background is in corporate America. I've been there for over 15 years. Here at wall Associates, I work on career counseling, life coaching, and resume counselors.
1: All right. So a couple things. If you have questions tonight, the call-in number is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. Or you can chat with us online, and we can also ask the questions at that point. Yep. So tonight we are really, really excited. We've been talking about making dreams come true. We kind of ended last calendar year with that, and then we picked back up this year with Um, How to Make Your Dreams Come True. Last week we talked about, like, what happens if you and your spouse have a dream, whose dream comes first. And now this week we're talking with um, Mrs. Angela Hobbs, who's an author, wife and a mother, about chasing your dreams and how to make those dreams
0: come true within a relationship. Absolutely. Let me give you a little background on Ms. Hobbs. Angela Hobbs is a 2004 journalist graduate from Columbia College in Chicago and the former editor of retired teen magazine, Young City. She's a native of the Chicago South Side. She enjoys reading and writing horror and mystery fiction. However, in 2013, she published Isle of Beasts. Okay, this is her debut novel. And she's currently working on her second installment of Raphael Solomon's elevated Adventures on the Meridian Sea. So, Angela Hobbs, welcome to the show. Thank welcome you for having me. You.
1: So let me, first of all, let me tell our listening audience that I have read the book. So I'm, I'm a little, I got a little bit more info than you guys have. I've read the book, and it really is awesome. And you guys know that I'm not just saying that. It's really, really good. Let me tell you a couple places you can get it. Darren.
0: Sure. You, again, the name of the book, the title is Isle of Beast, and you can find it on Amazon.com. You can find it in the paperback form or on a candle uh, digital download. You can also find it on BarnesandNoble.com you can get there online, okay? Again, that was amazon.com. You can get that in the paperback form, in the, kind- in the Kindle digital download, or on bondsandnoble.com. You get that online.
1: Absolutely. And we have the inside scoop, so if you pay a little bit extra, we could probably get you a signed copy if you, <laughs> if you pay the signed copy by the author's fee. So a couple things. Angela, lots of times people tell me, especially women, that they have a hard time achieving their goals because they're married, because they're wives, because they're, they're mothers. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what it took for you to write this novel? Well, I can definitely
2: understand the conflict because when you are a wife and a mother, you wear so many different hats and you have so many different responsi- responsibilities. You know, in my case, I've been married for 10 years and I have three children, age 11, 16, And three, so I kind of, you know, have a child in almost, you know, every age range that I'm dealing with and different personalities and, you know, just everything that comes along with it. So wanting to write a novel is something that has been part of my dreams forever. But when you have so much going on, especially when you have to dedicate the time and attention that it takes to write a full-length novel, the whole chore of trying to balance it all can become very overwhelming. But, um, you know, if it's something that you really are passionate about, if it's something that you really love and you're determined to do it, you will find the time to do it. You will find a way to balance it all. Basically, it can be done.
1: Angela? Did, so did you find yourself having to sacrifice time or something in one area to give you the chance to write the novel? Like, how did you situate that? Well,
2: I wouldn't say that I had to sacrifice anything Because when you are a mother and a wife That's not something that you can just, of course, walk away from What needs to be done is always going to get done I think that is just a matter of finding balance And learning how to divvy up your time So, you know, when I was writing my novel I would find the time to do it when the children were at school there were times when I do all of my housework and, you know, just fulfill all of my duties as a mother and wife during the day, and I would work on the novel at night. So, like I said, it can be done. You just have to use a little common sense and figure out ways to work in the things that are important to you that you need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But Angela, let me you this. Did your husband, did you, What involvement did your husband have in uh, supporting you with the novel?
2: He was very supportive. I mean, you know, we've got three kids, and I've been a stay-at-home mother basically ever since my oldest was born, and I'm able to do that because my husband and I agreed, you know, he's the breadwinner, he makes the most money, he's going to be the one to go out and work. So, therefore... That doesn't mean that I don't have to do anything, you know. I have a job as well. I might not be getting paid money for it, but, you know, in order to support him and help him support us, there are things that I have to do around the house. So, um, you know, it's kind of like just teamwork, I'll say. You know, you have to know your role. You have to play your position. And I don't know, that might sound a little backwards in 2014, but it's the reality of it. You know, because he does what he does, then I'm able to do what I do around the house so well. And, you know, if I had to take care of our three children and still work outside of the house, I think it would have been a little more difficult for me to find time to sit down and also write a novel on top of that. So, you know, the desire was mine, and he definitely encouraged me to follow my dreams and not give up, not hang it up on the shelf simply because, you know, I'm a mother of three and a wife and all of that. So he was verbally supportive, but then also I say because he does go out here every day and supports his household and does those things, that allows me to play my role and focus on the things that I need and want to do here at the house.
0: Okay. Let me let me ask you this question. Did you share this dream with him when you guys were dating or in engagement time? So did, did, did he know about this passion to write a novel and be an author before you guys got married? We did.
2: Um, we met when we were 19 years old, so we were both still in school. He was going to school to be a technician, and at the time, I was in college uh, studying journalism. So he knew that I wanted to have a career. He knew that I wanted to write, and he thought it was great. You know, he had never met anyone who had aspired to write a novel. So he's always been supportive, and he always knew that this was something that was important to me. But, you know, um, life got in the way. You know, sometimes the best-made plans kind of get altered, and you start having children, and, you know, other things pop up. So, you know... When all of that happened, the stuff that we didn't plan for, it wasn't a matter of giving up. It was just, you know, now we've got to approach this in a different way. You know, we've got these other responsibilities, but I never gave up on wanting to write, wanting to be a published author, and he never stopped supporting that. We just had to find another way to make all of that happen.
0: That's great.
1: So, do do you always have stories going around in your head? Like, how did you get the story for Out of Beast? Where did that come from for you?
2: Well, I love to read. I read everything. I can't even tell you the number of books and authors that I've read in my lifetime because I've always got my nose in a book. And so, you know, I come up with all of these little crazy storylines because I do have a wild imagination And um, I think some of the best advice I ever got was that you write what you enjoy. So like you said in my bio that you introduced me with, I love horror. I love mysteries. I love fantasy, sci-fi. So when I sat down to write Owl of Beach, I didn't have it all planned out in my head, but I knew the type of novel that I wanted to write. And I knew that there had to be some type of creature in the novel because, once again, that's what I like. So as a writer, you kind of just get a general idea, and then as you write, the story kind of unfolds, you know. You kind of just piggyback on your previous idea, then you come up with something new, and you just keep going until you've got a completed work. So it's just a matter of having an imagination and knowing how to bring it forth.
1: Was this novel a passion for you or a hobby? So is writing like a passion, like something that you have to do or something that's just fun for you to do?
2: I think it's definitely a
1: passion.
2: I would have said hobby maybe a few years ago, but I'm the type of person I have to be writing something. I don't care if it's just scribbling in a journal or making a list of things that I want, a bucket list. I mean, I'm just always writing, writing, writing. So it's something that I have to do. I don't think I can ever not be creative and come up with ideas
1: and put them to paper. Okay. So, I mean, just for the listening audience, I think one of the things that Angela said is really important, she says that, you know, there's always going to be things that have to be done, but because writing was her passion, she figured out how to do it. She didn't just say, oh... You know, I'm a, I'm a wife, so I'll get to hang up my, my hat of author. She's like, I'm going to do everything it takes to get all of that done. But in every spare time, she's talking about journaling, reading, writing. Like there's always something going on in her head that's given her the the motivation, the urgency to, to make her book come true, to make that a reality.
0: And absolutely. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Angela.
2: No, I'm just saying, you know, it's very necessary. You can't ever give up on the things that you want to do. I mean, I had so much self-doubt because I was a stay-at-home mom, and I had been out of the workforce for so long, and it was always like, you know, can I do this, or maybe I should just stay in the background and focus on the kids, do what comes easy, do what's expected of me. But, you know, it comes to a point where you have to have that outlet. You never give up on your dreams. There's something that everybody is passionate about. And, you know, you can't stifle that. It has to find a way to come out sooner or later. So, you know, despite the fact that I've got kids uh, in my ear, Mommy, I'm hungry, or, you know, Mommy, he hit me. Uh, homework, doctor's appointments, you know, you got to pay yourself attention. I knew that I wouldn't be satisfied, and I wouldn't be happy, and I wouldn't be able to be a good mother and a good wife if I couldn't find the time
0: to devote to something that I felt this passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a very good point because you know even though like you said the different roles you have as a mother, the wife, guess what? You're still Angela. You're still an individual, and you have those passions and, and goals, but that still needs fulfilling. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can can fall into that trap of of the different roles they have and they don't follow really who they are or they don't have anything that's self-fulfilling for them because I'm so-and-so's spouse, I'm so-and-so's husband, I'm so-and-so's mom. Okay, so now that's my role. But guess what? I have other dreams and passions that I need Mm -hmm. to follow up on.
1: I think also it's important to realize that after, especially if you have kids, after they grow up, I mean, you have to be having something that, you're living for. I mean, I think a lot of times people, and I think being a wife and a mother are absolutely 100% jobs, and they they take a lot of energy and are very rewarding. But I also agree with Darren, and we talk about this almost every week on the show, is that each individual still has a purpose and still has dreams and goals that are inside of them that are separate from wife, mother, daughter, from those other things. There's things that you have
0: to fulfill for yourself. Absolutely. And all the things that she mentioned is, she did not give up or uh, stop doing those roles. Because sometimes you have got a dream, so guess what? The kids don't need to eat. Yeah, you know, mom and dad's got a dream, kids. you have to suffer. No food for you tonight, but i got a dream. That doesn't work like that. you still got to take care of the responsibilities you have, but guess what? Then maybe you, following the dream, have a little less sleep and do that, like you mentioned, at nighttime when everybody's to bed. I mm-hmm. can take care of the responsibilities you have to take care of. But
1: I also think that kind of stuff comes with maturity. I mean, I think a lot of people have this fantasy about, a marriage that I'll get married, he'll take care of me, and I won't have to do, like, any kind of work. But I think there's so much work entailed. And, like, one of the things Angela said is so big. She said, I don't think I could have been a good wife and mother if I couldn't have pursued my own outlet. And I think it's so important for people to realize that, that without an outlet, you kind of become empty. Um, And there's nothing wrong. Like, if there's ladies out there listening, please do not miss think that I'm saying I don't want you to be a wife and a mother, but I'm also saying that to be a good wife and mother you need to also remember who you are as an individual. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Angela. I've got people chatting saying, "Tell us a little bit about what the book itself is about, just a wee bit." I mean, I don't, we're not going to give it away because if we give it oh away, God. then you don't have to buy it. <laughs> but we want you to. Talk to this, so could you could you give a little teaser about what your book is about?
2: I can. It's Island Beast, and that's I S L E, short for island. And it's a fantasy novel, and it's also a thriller. So what you have going on in this novel is there's a tropical island that's been cursed. And because of the curse, all of the children who are born on the island, they transform into these terrible, um, just ghastly, murderous beasts on their 20th birthday. And so you have my main character, whose name is Raphael Solomon, He's approaching his 20th birthday, and of course, you've got to get into the mindset of this kid. All his life, he's known that he's grown up on this cursed island and that, you know, this is what's going to happen to him as soon as he basically reaches adulthood. So his birthday is coming up. This is a drama that you get dropped right into when you start the book. But there's this shocking revelation that comes to the surface, and it pretty much just flips everything upside down. Everything that the island anticipated, everything that Raphael thought was going to happen to him, it gets flipped upside down with this revelation. And like you said, I can't tell you too much, because that would be giving away all the... If You know, Out of Beast is a pretty unique book. You've got, um, you've got your element before, because there are literal beasts in the book. You've got Curses. You have um, just all kind of excitement going on. It's really a fast-paced thriller type of novel, and I really do hope that people check it out because uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from it. Man, that's exciting
0: stuff. That's exciting stuff.
1: So how does your brain work, Angela, that you have a book in there? How does a book get in your brain?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It comes from reading. I read Everything. I mean, I started when I was little reading Stephen King. I was a very morbid little girl. I read Stephen King when I was like seven years old. R.L. Stine, D.C. Andrews. So this is my background when it comes to fiction. And you know, the more that you read, you just these things develop in your head. You know, there are times when I, being a stay-at-home mother, not able to go out and party with my friends and do other things that otherwise I'd be able to do, you kind of have to find ways to entertain yourself. So, you know, I daydream a lot, and I come up with these ideas, and luckily I was able to write them down and come up with a story. And
1: and a very good story, we might add. It's, it's like got a lot of, um, there's a lot of edge of your seat, oh, no, what's going to happen next in it, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that, Angela?
2: That's definitely what I've been hearing. People are like, you know, once I got started, I couldn't stop. I had to know what happened next. And that's the type of story that I like, you know. Um, I need action. You know, I need to escape from reality. I need to be transported into another world and just uh, be entertained. And so I think that's what I've done with Alice B. Okay.
0: Awesome. Very good. Angela, i got a question for you. I know you mentioned that you always wanted to write and uh maybe when you had kids it kinda of went to somewhat of a back burner. Was there one event that kicked off and said, You know what, I'm gonna write this book now. Is something event that happened that slipped off?
2: You know what? That's a good because I think about that all the time. Like, you know, I've wanted to do this for so long. What finally pushed me to do it? I think that I just kinda of sat back and I looked at my children specifically And I knew that I wanted to be an example for them. You know, they see mom cooking and cleaning and, you know, picking up the slack around the house, but I needed them to see another side of me. I wanted them – I wanted to do something that would make them proud of me, and I wanted to be an example to show them that, corny, but if you put your mind to something, you can accomplish it. Look at me. I sat up here and wrote a book, and that's something my kids can relate to because, of course, in school – You are doing a lot of writing. You're doing essays and composing all of these little school papers. So I wanted to show them, you know, I might not be a child. I might not be a student like you all, but I can do this too. So I think just looking at my children, they inspired me to do something significant. And I wanted to be an example to them of someone who works and, you know, accomplishes a goal. That's awesome.
0: That is awesome.
1: Do you see writing in any of your children, any three of them, do you feel like they have that kind of dream and goal? You know what? My oldest
2: son, he is very imaginative. So he can come up with a story, but he's so busy, he can't sit still long enough to write anything. (laughs) Now, my (laughs) my middle child is all computers and technical stuff. So he doesn't have that creative gene. Now, my baby, she's only three, and she's like her brother. She's very imaginative. She will come up with some stuff. So I'm hoping that she'll develop that other part and be able to sit still long enough to write it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Very good. How do you encourage your dreams and your, your children's dreams? What do you do to help encourage their creativity, their dreams, what they want to do? Well, you know what? It all comes down to paying attention
2: to them. I pay close attention to them. I watch everything that they do. I take note of the things that they're interested in. And so whatever I feel that they're drawn to, I try to support that. Like, you know, my daughter, she is in a phase where she loves to dance and sing. So ironically that you asked this, I just went ahead and I scheduled her ballet and cheerleading classes. So, you know, yeah, she starts this month. So, you know, she might not enjoy it. And if not, then that's fine. We'll stop. But when I see that they have a talent for something or an interest in something, then I'm going to do whatever I can to expose them to it. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Did your parents encourage this when you were younger, your writing, your interest in reading?
2: They did. My parents. They were great because when they saw that I was excited about something, they were, you know, I kind I am a mirror of my parents. This is where I get it from. This is I learned because they were always very attentive with me. And, you know, when I was little, I wrote stories. I would uh, participate in the young authors. I don't know if you all remember that from your school days, but I would win. And so uh-huh. when I would win those writing contest, my parents would be so excited. And they were you know, showing their friends my book, and you know, just giving me all this praise, and so, you know, that's how you develop. What am I trying to say? They, through their actions, let me know that this is something good that I'm doing, and that I need to continue it. So, yeah, my parents definitely showed me all the support in the world.
1: What would you tell aspiring uh, aspiring women that want to be authors about? kind of, a lot of times I get people to say to me, Dr. Noir, I don't, I feel like I'm giving up, I can't do it. What, What one thing would you tell them or a couple of things to help push them forward?
2: Well, if someone said that they've given up, they can't do it, that's interesting because my next question would be, why not? You know, what is it that makes you believe that you can't do the thing that you enjoy? You know? I mean, I just I don't accept that as an answer. If there's anything that you want to do, writing. You know, when I first sat down to write Out of Beast*, I was very nervous. I didn't know if I could finish a 72,000-word story. I didn't know if anyone would be interested in it. But I did it not just for my children. I did it for me. I figured if no one else likes the story, if no one else will appreciate what I've done, at least I've proven to myself that I can do it. So whenever you feel like there's anything that you can't do, you got to tune out all the extras, you know, all the criticism and your fear of what people will think. Just do it for you. Don't let yourself down. And if you have that mindset, then you will do it.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Good point.
1: Very good point. Absolutely. So tell us about going to school for journalism. Did that help your creativity? What what was your plan with that?
2: My plan was journalism. I wanted to write for Ebony or Essence Magazine, and I wanted to interview all the superstars. (laughs) But (laughs) once I actually got into Columbia and studied the technical part of writing, that really kind of pushed me away from it, believe it or not. I mean, I kind of longed for more creative. Of writing, you know, it made me miss fiction writing. So, okay. um, I am grateful for my education because when I wrote Out of I also self published it. So, thanks to that journalism uh, teaching, I was able to edit my own book and, you know, do all of the technicalities that make a good writer. But, you know, I just decided after graduating that. I didn't want to be so technical. I needed to get more into that creative side of writing. All right, good, good,
1: very good. Isla, we have a person that has a question for you. So, um, caller, go ahead and and ask your question. Hi, I just wanted
2: to know the time frame uh, from the the starting time uh, you started writing your book until you uh, completed it.
1: I would say that it took
2: me about, three to four months to actually get down that first draft. And that was like the crucial time because, you know, the key is to just get it down on paper. Don't worry about how it sounds. Don't worry about grammar, any of that technical stuff that will stop you and frustrate you. Just put the first draft down and go from there. And then after that, I began the rewriting process. I think I might have edited and rewrote the novel maybe three additional times. But um, I think it took a full year to complete the whole process. From the time I first wrote the first draft to the end when I self-published on CreateSpace, it took about a year's time. Okay. Okay.
1: Was there any time in that period where you had, had doubts about being able to finish it, or was it always that you knew you could do it?
2: Oh, I had doubts from day one and all throughout because, I mean, I think that's just natural. Whenever you embark on something that you're just passionate about, you do kind of get a little afraid because it's important to you and it's a big deal to you. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you just have to keep pushing. You really do. Um, I had written so many things before that I never finished because of self-doubt. And I just got to the point in my mind, it's like something just clicked. And I said, you know what? regardless, I have to finish, you know, I have to do this for me, prove to myself that I can finish what I start. And once I got that first draft down in those four months and I went back and read over it, I realized that I was scared for nothing because I've got a really good story here. And then that is what you need
0: to rewrite, rewrite, and keep pushing. Okay. I mean, that's a great point because so many people – can think that people who are have success, and guess what, they never had any doubt, they never had any struggles. That's really not the case. They have the same doubts, same struggles, but guess what, they push through it and do it anyway. Not like they don't have it, but they push through those fears and they push through those doubts and make it happen. And I think it's so important what Angela is saying is
1: that she had doubt from day one. It's not that people don't doubt, but a brave person finishes something even though they have doubts.
0: That's right, exactly. And
1: you keep hearing me ask Angela questions about doubt because, so many people come and see me, and they say, "Doctor, while, well, I can't do it. I don't think I'm good enough. I have doubt." And I always tell them to push through. But I think for for Angela to tell you that she pushed through doubt, that she pushed forward even though she was tired. I'm sure there were nights that you were sleepy. I'm sure there were nights that you know you wanted to do something different, but you sat down and you pushed yourself for a three to four month span of time. And I think it's really Interesting. That's a very good question. Three to four months she wrote down the kind of template, and then it took a solid year to finish something, and now she has something tangible that nobody can ever take away from her that she self-published. So forever, when she's gone, her kids can pick up a book and say, I've got a piece of my mom's mind. Right in my hand. That's right. Right in my hand. So Angela, I thank you so much for participating because I feel like you have so much to offer people. And again, we want you to we want you to purchase Isle of Beast. You can find that on Amazon. That digitally through your Kindle. Um, you can also get a paperback at Barnes and Noble. So again, this is Angela. Have Angela. If we have specific people that order the book and want a signature and they pay like the author signing fee would you be willing to to give them um, signed copies of your book? Definitely. I mean, anyone who purchases
2: a paperback, just shoot me a message. You can contact me on Facebook if you search for Angela Hobbs, and that's H-O-B as in boy, B as in boy S. You know, just contact me, and I'm definitely willing to work with anybody who takes the time to support me.
1: I'm also, I'm also going to take a leap of faith and, and say that, If someone wanted to have you out and do a book signing and they had contacted you, you could try to figure out a way to work that out with them as well?
2: Definitely. Self-promotion is key. I will do book signing. Um, If anyone is interested in using the book for a screenplay, that is my next big dream that I'm determined will come true. So, yeah, contact me on Facebook. Just search Angela Hobbs, and um, you can talk to me from there.
1: Awesome. Angela, thank you so much for your time Thanks, and you, Angela. And we are thank so you. excited about your your